Hello and welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. Today I am talking to Oliver Van Lanschot Hubrick. He is the brand manager for Alpina Watches. And again, this was a, an interview I managed to get in person with Oliver at a watch event that we did last week in London. And there is a huge debrief of the brand Alpina Watches on their website. It's like a 180-page PDF book that's up there. I'm going to give you a very thin description here. Alpina was founded in 1883 when, uh, when Swiss watchmaking visionary and alpinist Gottlieb Hauser founded the Alpina Swiss Watchmakers Corporation and in doing so united the leading Swiss independent watchmakers who became known as the Alpinists. Uh, in 2015, <laughs> cut smash for about 130 years, in 2015 Alpina introduced the first Swiss made smartwatch thereby creating a new product category in the industry. Fascinating brand, fascinating gent, love talking to Oliver and make sure you check out alpinawatches.com and look at all the watches that we'll be talking about in this episode. Without any further ado, here is Oliver Van Lanschot Hubricht. He is the brand director at Alpina Watches. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. Today I'm joined by Oliver Van Lanschot Hubricht. I hope I've got that right. Great pronunciation. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, the brand manager for Alpina Watches. Uh, thanks for coming down today. Well, thank you for uh, inviting me. Excellent. And we have a knock on the door. We've actually got some, some watches that some have been brought, brought in so that we can have a look and, some uh, product. and review them. But um, there they are. Some beautiful watches on their way. Look at that. Thank you. And, well, Oliver, perhaps you can just give us a thumbnail sketch of you. And if you can, uh, paraphrase the entire history of Alpina watches into about a minute segment. Great. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm the, the brand director for, uh, for Alpina Watches. As you say, we've got an extremely rich uh, history. Uh, the Alpina brand was actually created in 1883 by somebody called Gottlieb Hauser uh, as a watchmaking union. So it was really the first union bringing together uh, suppliers, retailers, uh, designers to be stronger together uh, as, a, as a group. Then the brand was really effectively starting to make watches under the Alpina brand name, uh, starting in the early 1900s. Uh, won a gold medal at the Paris World Exhibition, for example. Had a huge growth and success uh, over the first half of the 20th century uh, within uh, really the different uh, universes. So pilot swatches, for example. Uh, of course, originally the purpose of the brand was to create a strong and sturdy watch that was able to resist in the harsh environment given by the uh, given by the Alps but then yeah innovation over the years pilots watches divers watches uh, also in distribution we were the first brand to give an international warranty for example in the uh, also in the early uh, uh, 1900s so also in terms of processes a really rich uh, history there then the brand ceases uh, ceased to exist uh, following the quartz crisis so in 1982 ceased its operations until it was purchased again uh, by Peter and Aletta Stas, so the uh, founders of Frédéric Constant, and then relaunched the brand in uh, Basel World in, uh, in 2003. So then we've got the whole uh, uh, second part, a rebirth of, uh, of the brand uh, up till today. So really a rich history we can play with. Yes, and I encourage people to go onto the Alpina website and have a look at the, the book. 
exactly it's printed in a pdf form and you can have scroll through around yeah. 200 odd pages and immerse yourself in that some wonderful stories correct there. i could speak for it uh about for hours <laughs> right but i tried well. to try to keep it uh very focused well. condensing that thank you but um i mean you can elucidate as much as you like i'm fascinated by the watch brand perhaps you can talk about were they specifically de designed for pilots or maybe for armies or the military at certain points yeah, I think uh, as as for other brands as well. I mean, at the time, I think the military and the aviation and the functionality uh, was really guiding innovation within the the, the watch industry. Uh, that's for sure. So uh, Alpina, together with other brands, uh, for example, got a brief uh, from the Royal uh, the Royal Air Force, you know, to design pilot swatches that would really help pilots uh, navigate uh, at the end. So they really have a functionality which also guides, you know, the design and the development of the uh, of the different watches and have they kept that functionality today in the watches that people can buy today from Alpina? of course so uh, i think these codes you can really find uh, design let's say features you can really find in the collections today still so that's really what uh, what guides the, the the design and the innovation into the, the watches i think they're more used as let's say a design and a style rather than pure functionality mm -hmm. given the technology that has evolved uh, i hope that when you take a plane you don't count on your pilot you know to fly you to uh, to heathrow using, <laughs> yeah. using his watch but uh, but for sure it continues to guide the, the yeah. Design, yeah, I like the I like um, the people that buy certain watches because they might have helium valves and they go, well, well I'm submerged in 300 meters worth of water. Don't worry about it. I've got my one. I'm like, great. Okay. <laughs> For that one in a million chance. I, I love that, that you've got that to hand. Um, so as a brand manager, brand director, sorry, perhaps you can talk about your day to day role and what's uh, a nine to five like for you? Yeah. So it's extremely varied. I mean, my uh, my role is obviously to uh, develop the brand from a commercial perspective, uh, as well as from an awareness uh, perspective. So I really have a central role within the company. I'm working with all the different uh, departments, whether, of course, communication, really responsible for developing uh, the marketing and uh, communication activities to raise awareness, but then also uh, have an eye on product development. Uh, it's really, uh, let's say, a very uh, hybrid role, which makes it extremely interesting because you really have, let's say, a, an overall view on the, the first ideas of the development of the watch all the way to the distribution and uh, the, the moment to where it's at, to which it's, uh, it's sold out. So uh, I think that's really the, not, not every day is different, let's say, that's for sure. It includes travel, it includes being at the manufacturer, also coordinating and, uh, and uh, you know, speaking with all the different departments who are realizing and developing the watches uh, till, the, uh, till the end. Okay, so that's fascinating. So you're there from the birth of maybe a design idea, if you were to release a new watch, you're kind of overseeing that and then following that entire journey along to market with having a lots of integral parts and moving parts along the way, pardon the pun. So these must feel like you're uh, your children by the time they hit the marketplace because you've you've been with these watches for so long. Yeah, true. I mean, uh, that's really the the interesting uh, part of it. You really start with an idea and then end, we you know, with somebody wearing uh, wearing the watch. So that's the beauty of it to be and the chance, you know, to be able to to follow it uh, from uh, from A to to Z. Of course, all the people working in the manufacture, you know, have all their specialities, you know, and they all have uh, the 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 elements that's bringing uh, bringing to the uh, to the end watch, but I I think that in my position, that's the, the chance to participate at my level, let's say, uh, at, at all the, the different, uh, different stages. 
So we've got some watches in front of us and uh, perhaps you can just show me, if you don't mind, uh, what we're looking at here and people will leave some links into the show notes so that they can see what we're, we're talking about here. Yeah. So we've got uh, presenting here two beautiful watches. Uh, the Alpina brand really has three clear universes that we're playing in. So air, land and sea. Uh, three collections. Today we're presenting uh, one watch which is within the land universe under the collection name Alpiner. And uh, we're showing here the Alpiner Extreme, which is a beautiful watch that's also inspired by the more recent history of uh, Alpina. So in 2006, we launched the initial, uh, initial Avalanche Extreme, which is a very strong and oversized watch, which had a 48 millimeter uh, diameter, so really a big, uh, big watch. And we fully redesigned the case here uh, to a 42 uh, millimeter. So as you can see, a very strong uh, case. So its uh, construction is really in four uh, different uh, layers. Uh, you can see a beautiful uh, bezel. You can see that the screws on the bezel also have the Alpina Triangle oh. logo, which uh, represents the Matterhorn, by the by the way. Oh, wow. A very nice uh, pattern on the dial as well. Also, uh, so with uh, a, a three-dimensionality here given also by the, by the Alpina Triangles. Uh, so really a beautiful watch. Uh, that uh, that is here true to the history of the brand very recognizable uh, iconic uh, in its in its own way and this is really going to be the strong focus for alpina uh, launching uh, in the next uh, next few months after the after the summer and will really be the focus element for the brand in the next upcoming years and how much would people be looking to spend on a watch like this? So at the very accessible price of 1450 uh, pounds so uh, this is also what makes the brand uh, unique. Uh, so we really have here beautiful automatic uh, watch with strong Alpina DNA and a very accessible price positioning. So uh, so I think it ticks a lot of uh, boxes. I love that. And uh, the second one looks to be... Okay, yes. You can describe it for so here we can <clears throat> dive into the, uh, let's say, the C here with the C strong Kalanda, Diver 300 Kalanda. Uh, so this is in our C universe, the C Strong collection, with a beautiful watch, which is very unique uh, as well, uh, as it is the first watch that is uh, developed using a case or using recycled stainless key, uh, steel uh, for the for the case. Uh, also recycled uh, bracelet, uh, recycled strap here using. Uh, recycled plastic b bottles oh wow that's so cool and for people look, i'm looking at it looks to be like a bird's eye fabric uh, like a mottled gray and black but so that's made out of recycled uh, materials as well that's really, yeah. really cool recycled uh, plastic bottles so we create thread out of it which is then uh, woven to create this beautiful uh, textile looking uh, looking strap that is a thing of beauty so Oliver, uh, you touched upon the sustainability element of this being made out of recycled elements. How much of that sustainability is now uh, a focal part for the brand, Alpine? So this is a very, uh, very good question. Uh, first of all, I mean, having playing within the universes of, you know, air, land and sea, of course, we're directly uh, living every day, you know, within uh, within nature, within the uh, the environment. Of course, the sustainability topic is an extremely interesting one and goes much further than uh, than the product, uh, of course. We've been working now for the past couple of years at really working uh, on a sustainability roadmap, uh, really looking at 
how to integrate that into our mission, uh, but then also how we can really act as a company and, and fully act as a company in a sustainable, uh, sustainable manner. Uh, so normally, uh, indeed, the product should be coming at the end of this, uh, of this process as a result of a company roadmap and a company uh, behavior. Uh, so we're working very hard on that. But of course, we've also been uh, already starting to use some recycled uh, materials uh, so far uh, through partnerships uh, as well as sustainable uh, partners. But uh, we've still got a long, long way to go. Yeah. But, but, but working hard on it and, uh, and hopefully we can also pioneer a little bit in, in how, to, how to open up. And are these going to be more of the focus for these kind of watches to be made out of these kind of materials moving forward with, with Alpina? Well, down the road, uh, I think that is clearly uh, an objective. Um, now, it's true that this remains niche uh, for us, let's, yeah. let's face it. Uh, recycled uh, materials are, are stainless steel, for example, is quite, uh, is quite uh, scarce. And also brings uh, brings an additional uh, additional cost. So this particular piece here is limited to uh, to 300, uh, 300 pieces. Uh, but hopefully we can integrate more and more of this, and that it will be fully included within our product ranges. Uh, but also bringing transparency at the end, you know, on uh, on 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 the uh, the sourcing of our product. Nice. And so you're brand manager. How do you? We touched upon the the marketing of of the watches earlier on. How do you? Like start in terms of that watch, you have a you have a new watch. It's sustainable elements. How do you now start to get that and bring awareness to that product? Do you have like a, a touchstone or a base that you work from, and then go right? We need to put this over here. Get this in front of eyeballs over there. Is there a strategy behind? And maybe you can talk about those strategies. Yeah, of course. I think uh, that this is uh, this is for sure. Uh, let's say a support or platform into which we can communicate by. Uh, we have an interesting story uh, behind this watch, which uh, we call it the Kalanda uh, for a particular uh, reason. So this is actually a tribute or a homage uh, to the Kalanda ship from 1942. It was the first uh, ship to fly the Swiss sail at sea. So, of course, Switzerland has no uh, no access to sea, but only, only lakes. But at, uh, during the Second World War, there was a lot of... Uh, trouble, you know, to, uh, to get uh, goods, uh, up to Switzerland. So the Kalanda was the first ship, uh, and then was scrapped in, uh, in Hong Kong. So what happens with all that, uh, steel, for example? So, uh, this is, uh, this is, of course, an element, you know, that we can raise awareness with through our different communications, uh, through our different partnerships. Uh, so I think it's really a central piece to then communicate around our different uh, initiatives. So that watch was made out of the boat, the steel. No, so it was a good question. So the the boat was dismantled in 1953 in uh, in Hong Kong. So it doesn't come from this uh, particular boat, but it comes from marine uh, transportation. So uh, the story, let's say that the sourcing is uh, is the same, but of course you wanted to make tribute to uh, to that particular uh, ship, and then also emphasize, you know, on the fact that the stainless steel coming out from scrapping, you know, is also uh, also used. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Would you do? Would you look at a project like that in the future? Maybe if there's perhaps some. Okay, let me let me frame this. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of skirting around it. Have you seen the film The Man with the Golden Gun? Absolutely. Right. Okay. So you have the the Queen Elizabeth ship that's in the harbour of Hong Kong. Yes. And, and Roger Moore kind of goes past in a ship. It's capsized, and it was a famous ship because it 
mysteriously caught fire and sunk and remained capsized yeah. in Hong Kong Harbor. And then it caught fire again and sunk to the bottom of the bay. And they had to get it out because of all the tidal. It was messing with the tidal stream within the, the bay area there. And so various companies came in and took parts of it and reproduced yeah. it, repurposed it. So you have things like Parker pens that have like certain amounts of the metal within them pens and they became ludicrously exclusive. So do you have, like, it's a bit of a strange question, do you have like things that like that that could be further down the road where you think, oh, we need to do something where we can get it from the actual source? Uh, this is not, uh, to be very, very honest, uh, in our, in our plans. I think that we're really focusing at making, you know, beautiful, strong, uh, Swiss made watches close to the Alpina DNA using, of course, you know, sourcing, uh, materials that are, that are, that are sustainable. Uh, that's for sure. But I love the idea. To be fair to Oliver, I didn't have that question written down <laughs> that and I completely threw him under the bus. <laughs> and but, uh, I did just watch no, the indeed, I mean, you can last see, night. <laughs> yeah, you can see, you can see some brands, uh, brands doing that and so on, but it's not, uh, not directly one of our, uh, one of our focuses. <laughs> um, perhaps you can talk about what is your focus maybe for the remainder of this year. Um, I mean, we have this watch coming out, but is there anything else down the pipeline as well that you have? In mind? So uh, I think focus is the is the key word here. Uh, we're really launching the uh, the Alpiner Extreme, uh, so this will really be uh, our, our really our key launch that we're going to be uh, communicating on, that we're going to be further developing. So this is the first piece that's going to come out now, and there are going to be let's say many other uh, evolutions of this piece coming on uh, down the road, and then also uh, through communication platforms uh, that's going to be. Uh, you know, helping us to uh, to get that uh, that that watch out there. So uh, so that's really our key focus. Let's be uh, let's be clear. Wonderful. Uh, are you doing Basel World? <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's a good one. So uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, well, or I don't know. Fortunately, maybe uh, Basel is not in the is not in the picture anymore. So we're going to be uh, at Geneva Watch Days uh, in uh, August. And then, uh, and yeah, yeah, let's see what, uh, what, what comes afterwards, huh? Amazing. All right. Oliver, thanks so much for taking time out and walking me through these beautiful watches today. We'll leave all the links on the show notes on the website so people can t have a look at them. Alpinawatches.com is also a place people can hang out. And uh, in the shops, I want to say. Hey, Samuel. Watch up. We'll, uh, we'll Ernest Jones. Ernest Jones. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. People can find out there and also all the store locators online where you can find out where to get these beautiful timepieces. Oliver, thanks again. Thank you Great very much. Really enjoyed it. Anytime. You've been listening to the Menswear Style Podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you'd like to be a future guest on the show. Finally, please help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time.